0: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City.
1: Keys to the City, baby. When well, you see us so you
2: know. i crossed off by Kobe. We'll float Shaq. And then the the Shaq goes the way like way way this. Way and the rest is history. Pay
3: attention, pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil, on, devil so saying, woman. Saying, saying, speaking of those ladies.
2: Hold on. But I didn't make credit. I didn't make
3: I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing
2: great things right now.
0: Streaming everywhere.
2: what's going on everyone this is episode three of the posting up podcast i am here with king zay and sean and guys how are we doing today
0: so good how about you
2: oh, i'm doing great i'm glad uh for the for the meantime anyways that we're uh we're all gonna be here throughout an entire show so that should be that should be something exciting you know we're gonna getting a lot of content in today so fingers crossed yeah, fingers yeah <laughs> right. So with that, let's waste, let's waste a little uh, no time at all here. Let's get into our first topic of the day. Um, right here, we'll talk about them. They're off to a hot start. Top of the Eastern Conference. They have had a light schedule, but half of the game is, um, you know, winning the games that's on your schedule. So I'm assuming you guys have been keeping up with the league. Um, what do you guys think of Philly? Do you think that they're legit? Do you think they're just a little bit of pretenders with an easy schedule? What do you make of Philly, Zay? Why don't you Why don't you hit me first? Uh,
1: I think uh, Philly actually. I'm actually impressed with them this year. Um, considering all the talk that came into the year with um, losing players and people not really happy with their roster moves, I, I think they're actually playing well considering um all the I guess scrutiny they took. I do believe they still need a couple of outside shooters to space that floor because obviously Simmons is not a shooter and. He really clogs up the middle, you know, with him and um, and bead down low. So, I think if they could find someone who could help stretch out, I think they could actually be a contender for a possible uh championship this year. Oh, so.
2: uh, I think we might have lost Sean, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was wondering, uh, I was
1: like, I got quiet.
2: <laughs> he did inform us that that might happen, so I'll, I'll step right in here. Um, Zay, what you were saying you know something I, I as a sixers fan i've always you no know, kind of been for is ben simmons kind of sliding into the the power forward spot in the starting lineup and at that spot you're kind of just bringing in another guard and letting uh i like shake milton to run that to run that one spot he's he was solid for us towards the end of last year he's been having some good games this season um so i think ben simmons at the four whether you're bringing someone in or just starting another guard instead of you know having all those big men out there like you said just getting that those people on the perimeter that can um that can knock down threes and make ben simmons just a more lethal playmaker because you said ben simmons doesn't have much of an outside shot at all but um I, i i've been impressed with the sixers this year uh they they have had somewhat of a light schedule but i don't think that that matters as much i think you're just winning the games on your schedule right now and that's that's how people are gonna um that's the impression you're gonna give people is if you win the games and they're six and one and um yeah they've been playing some great basketball their offense has looked a little bit rough but they're playing incredible defense uh against some good offensive teams they've I, I, I'm just impressed, you know. As a and no bias either, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> yeah, really dude. impressed with this team. Trust me. You know, if I was legitimately frustrated or I thought they were pretending, because I'm brutally honest when it comes to my Sixers, so uh, I think I think they could benefit from a trade. And um, Sean, welcome back. Yeah. Sorry uh, about so that. Guy. No, no problem. Why don't we're you uh, Why don't you give us your little piece on the Sixers? Are they legit? You think they're legit?
0: I actually, Yeah, I actually think they are right now. Um, I think that they actually could contend in the Eastern Conference, uh, just the way that the Eastern Conference is looking right now. Um, there's some teams struggling. That The Nets have, uh, you know, they've lost three out of their last four, and the Raptors have looked terrible at the gate. And uh, the Sixers, you know, Joel and Ben, their superstars have been, uh, they've been balling out of the gate. They've been really good. Um, Joel has been a double-double machine. Uh, Simmons has been great facilitating the ball. Um, And obviously with his defense and um, yeah, all the other pieces are working right now Too, Tobias Harris is um, super efficient shooting the ball after a rough season last year. Uh, And then, you know, off the bench, they have scorers all over the place with uh, Shake Milton. They also added, you know, Seth Curry and Danny Green, two great shooters. So Ben Simmons could kick it out to them when he's when he's driving to the hoop. So I think they really are uh, contenders this year. I I think that Doc Rivers brings a championship culture to this team. And uh, when he came into Philadelphia this year, he said, you know, enough of the process. Uh, It's time to actually produce. Um, So I I think that they took that message to heart this year. And I I think the Sixers have definitely shown up to start the season. And uh, I think that they really could contend this year if they uh, obviously keep playing uh, the defense that they are and they keep uh, shooting the way that they are. So uh, I think that they are for real in the East this year.
2: So, um, yeah, Sean. Another thing I, I I had another question for you. Something me and Zay talked about while you were getting logged back on here is is the Sixers either starting Ben Simmons at the four and bringing another guard into the starting lineup, or either making a trade to get another guard piece or someone who can stretch the floor to give the Sixers more of a offensive threat with you know regarding the three point shot being that Ben Simmons can't shoot from outside the arc, anyways. Uh, which one of those, I was wondering, which one of those do you think is the more realistic option and which one do you think would work would work better for this 76ers team?
0: Uh, I think probably bringing in a, a shooter would probably be the best move. Um, like you said, spacing the floor um, is very important, especially with a guy like Ben Simmons, you know, that, that doesn't stretch the floor. Obviously, he can't uh, shoot the three-pointer and he never, he never even tries it. So I think bringing in a shooter would be pretty smart. Um, obviously, we've seen the success that they've had uh, early on, with Curry and Danny Green, um, two great shooters. So I think if they bring in another one to stretch the floor, that'd be a uh, it'd, it'd be a scary offense to face for sure. Especially with uh, Joel Embiid still in the post, um, they'd definitely be a problem to defend. So I, I think that'd probably be the smartest. But uh, as of right now, I don't I don't think they should look into making any moves. Obviously, um, right now the way that they've been looking, but the, once they start playing the better teams, like you said, they're kind of playing a lighter schedule. Uh, we'll see how it works out. But I, I think bringing in a shooter space for a little bit would definitely help out uh, the Sixers team.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely good. sean No, I feel that I feel like if you move Ben from the point guard position, you lose what makes him special at that position. His unique, like gifts, his height, his length, all of that makes him special at the point guard position that most other point guards don't have in the league. So when you move him to the power forward position, it kind of, he, yeah, he'll still be able to handle the ball but it, it it removes what he would be able to do at the point guard to position with that mismatch basically yeah yeah, yeah
0: i agree um just he is one of the most gifted passers in the league and you know his ability to drive to the rack obviously if they don't give him enough enough attention um he's just going to take it to the rim like he easily can but once they do start to collapse the paint a little bit if they have more shooters around him I, I think that's just easy buckets all day for the sixers
2: oh 100% i think that Having the shooters and and especially you know from a fan's perspective, acquiring Danny Green and Seth Curry was was so big for this team. I know Josh Richardson was good, but he wasn't that great of a three point shooter. I think Danny Green and Seth Curry, like Sean said, are two fantastic top of the league. Maybe not top ten in the league, but they're they're very good, consistent three point shooters. And obviously, Seth Curry's looked a lot better than Danny Green so far this season. But Danny Green can still hit a three. I mean, the dude the so a jump shot like that just doesn't go away in an instant, um, but yeah, I I, I think uh, I think they definitely do need to make that make that move at some point this season. It is a little early, but I think once they have their first kind of bad stretch this season, they'll realize you know maybe we should get on the on the open market and see who's out there for us to bring in and, and acquire in this team. Uh, so. <clears throat> Next up, we're going to have a game break. But before that, we're going to bring you guys a little message from our family here at Clovercrest Media.
0: Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard.
2: So thank you to uh, Baseball with the Bar for letting us run their ads during our show. That's a fantastic <laughs> show. I've um I've been on the show myself. I had a lot of fun there with Tyler and Noah. So they're definitely a a must watch when it comes to Clover Media. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about baseball, but I'm a big baseball guy as well too. So, what
1: you mean, yeah. from Queens,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: from Queens, bro. You know, a couple bros from greatness. That's what we say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, yeah. Yeah, he was a Mets fan, so I'm definitely yeah, I'm, a big, I'm a big Red Sox fan.
2: Wow, oh, my God. All right. That's when we stopped the baseball. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah We
1: have a Mets Yankee and Boston fan in here it get ugly. It'll get oh ugly. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> All right. So we'll transition into our nationally televised games this week. Some games I, you know, I I always run these games. I think they'll be good to watch out for. Tomorrow night, there's really nothing on tonight that caught my eye. So tomorrow night we have Celtics and Heat at 7.30, nationally televised. Also, we have the Warriors and the Clippers. But um, that Celtics-Heat matchup, obviously two of the better young teams in this league with a lot of young talent. Um, I know previously I believe Sean's been high on the Celtics. So, Sean, why don't you tell me about this matchup and what, what you'd be looking forward to in the Heat? Heat Celtics
0: match. Yeah, um, I'm definitely looking forward to this matchup. Uh, It'll be definitely a good one. The Heat have been kind of off to a rough start. Um, Jimmy Butler missed the first couple games, but uh, the Celtics, on the other hand, have uh, been—they've been great. I think uh, Jason Tatum last night he was putting on an absolute show against the Raptors. Um, You know, he's he can score whenever he wants uh, from wherever he wants to. He was pulling up from anywhere and hitting them all. And uh, Jalen Brown, he he continues to impress and and get better every single year.
2: uh-oh. <laughs> I think there goes Sean again, so we'll try to get Sean back as soon as we can, but I believe what he was saying is he's he's really impressed with the Celtics, and he likes what Jalen Brown's been doing there. Um, obviously, Tatum had a 40-piece last night, quite impressive from him. He's finally shaping into that scoring phenom he was supposed to be coming out of college. Um, Sean, I was just kind of finishing up your thoughts here. Saying that oh, you were impressed with Jalen Brown, uh, Tatum obviously dropped 40 points last night. He's been looking extremely good. Uh, any any closing statements on that Celtics Heat matchup?
0: Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, um, for the Heat, Bam out of Bio has been off to a great start. Uh, he's a terrific passer. He's a great rebounder, and he's he's really given that team a spark, uh, especially at the end of last year and into this year. So I, I think that's one place that the Heat could take advantage of the Celtics. Obviously, they don't have a really dominant big. Uh, Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice I don't think they could really uh, hold up with Bam Adebayo so I think that's definitely One mismatch the Heat uh, should look to take Advantage of but I still got to give the Celtics The edge Uh, the way that Jalen and Tatum Have come out the gate this year uh, Has been tremendous and uh, not just On the offensive side of the ball but the defensive side Of the ball too and um, you know They have some young pieces like Peyton Pritchard who's been Tremendous off the bench so I really like what The Celtics team done to start the season I I think That they'll uh, go out and uh, get a statement Win over the Heat in this one
2: Nice, nice. Uh so Zay, that's where I'm gonna ask you to come in. Uh
1: Sean covered He covered a lot, but no, I'm, I'm definitely interested in this game. Um, you talk about especially the East right now. One game separates almost every team in the top ten. So every game is super important right now. And and for the Heat, I think it's really important for them to bounce back with the you know, they they started off hot and now they started to fall off. They're back in now, I believe, the tenth spot in the East. So I mean, it's I know it's still early, and we shouldn't be looking at places in um, playoff positions, but I do believe that um, they need to start writing the track and get back going. But I'm definitely interested in this matchup tonight. Definitely want to oh tomorrow, excuse me. Definitely want to see them um go at it. Like I said, with one game separating all these teams, every game matters.
2: Yeah. So and then the next matchup that night, the one the late the late one. Warriors versus Clippers, that one's caught my eye because the Clippers are obviously sitting atop the East, and like Isaiah said, we shouldn't really be looking too much at standings, but when you're at the top, it's hard to look away. And the Warriors, obviously, who had a dreadful start to their season, have been clawing back. They're over 500 now. Steph Curry has been playing out of his mind. Uh, Isaiah, well, who do you have taken this match, and who who do you think this match is more important for as an early season statement? <sighs>
1: Uh, it's hard to argue. You talk about 62 points from Steph Curry last game. If He replicates that. It's hard to beat any night, but I don't think he'll be able to replicate that. And I, I think that's going to be very hard for him to sustain. So I'm obviously going to take the Clippers in this one. I think they're the more complete team. They're obviously one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I just don't think that right now that the Golden State Warriors have enough offense without Curry being hot to win these type of games. So I, I see this as a Clippers game, probably not a blowout, but Definitely not a close one. I don't see the Warriors being able to swing with them uh, um, without
0: Steph scoring 62.
2: <laughs> Sean, you, do you see anything different going on here? Are you kind of with Isaiah?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with Isaiah on this one. Um, I don't know if Chef Curry can keep cooking it up the way he has been the past two games. And um, obviously some of the players around him have been playing better. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, after a really tough start, they've been shooting the ball better. But uh, like Zay said, Clippers is one of the better defenders better defensive teams in the league i think patrick beverly will be a pest on uh steph curry all night and uh paul george you know he after a rough bubble i think he he's coming out um determined this year he had a really good game the other night uh dropped almost 40 points so i think that they'll continue uh continue to play well and i think that they'll go in this one and beat the warriors
2: yeah so so here's my thing with the clippers man um they are such a for me at least they're such a Hit or miss team. If the Clippers are on their game, you're not beating them. If Kawhi and Paul George are playing playing out of their mind and the defense is locked in, you're not beating the Clippers. And I, I don't even get me started on the Clippers in a seven game series when they're on their game. Never mind when they're off of it because when they're off of it, they look awful. They lost by 51 points to Dallas earlier this season, and that's 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 why I just can't trust this team. They're so hot and cold. Um Paul George is also a very hot and cold player. He, he plays like an MVP candidate sometimes and he plays like he's a, he's a rookie who has no idea what's going on. And that's what makes it hard for me to trust this Clippers team. And with the way the Warriors have been playing, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to take them to win this game because, because yeah. I, just for the reason that I can't trust the Clippers. So I think the Warriors have an outside shot. I think Stephen Curry has been, has been locked in. I think he's getting into that, you know, I'm going to have to carry this team all the way if, if I want to go with them. Uh, that's something I feel like he didn't really realize towards the beginning of the season. But like Sean said, the uh, Warriors role players are stepping up. Um, they're they're playing a lot better. Wiggins and Oubre, two guys he needs to play well. And Steph Curry's finally taking charge of this team. So I'm going to go with the Warriors tomorrow night.
0: <laughs> that's that's that's, shocking. that's uh, shocking. Yeah, the way Steph is playing right now, if he if he keeps shooting the ball that way, whew, it's it's gonna be tough hey. to beat. So I don't hate that pick.
2: I guess is, it's, it's an an arcade.
0: <laughs> he's not gonna keep shooting like that. This is a guess, shot. I, gonna... I, it is it is Steph Curry. I mean, I don't. Uh, he has had stretches like this in his career before, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a a quick five game stretch where he, he's scoring thirty five plus a night. I can see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, he, to me, he's not like a Harden type where his
1: game can. I feel like I see more of a Harden player where you get those long 60, 50 point stretch games. I don't see that much from Curry in the current situation. Obviously, if the team was healthy and he had, you know, his other teammates around him, he could do it. But um, I don't just I don't see him doing it right now on his own.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think uh, Draymond being back for this team is huge. Um, he's he's been back the past two games, and those two games uh, have been the games that Curry has went off in. So I think you know, obviously, Draymond just sets up that offense so well. His passing, uh, the way he sets picks, uh, he, he just really knows how to run the offense. He's been there forever, and he knows how to uh, how to work with Curry. So I think that's that's going to be huge for the Warriors. Uh, going down the stretch, even if Draymond doesn't give you those big box score nights, it's usually you know around five points. It, He does all the little things on the court that you notice when you're watching the game. So I think that's going to be huge for the Warriors.
2: I agree. Uh, So Friday, we got Hornets, Pelicans coming up, and the Clippers and the Warriors also play again that night. Uh, Hornets also, uh, you know, they have a lot of young talent on that team, as do the Pelicans. Those are two guys uh, right there, the Ball brothers, who are are trying to find their place in this league. Obviously, two very young teams getting – it's nice for them to get a little bit of the spotlight. Um, the Battle of the Ball Brothers, Sean. Who comes away with this one?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. I actually didn't even notice, uh, or I didn't even remember that it would be the Ball Brothers going against each other until I saw that picture. So uh, it'll be an interesting matchup, but uh, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. They lost a heartbreaker last night to the Pacers in overtime after blowing a, a big lead, and uh, I, I think that they'll be – They'll be pissed off about that. And the Hornets, you know, they've they've had some big upsets, but in all the other games they really haven't shown up. So they're another hit or miss hit or miss team. And um, But LaMella's really been off the rough shooting starts and uh, so has some of his teammates in Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham. So they're just so, in, so inconsistent shooting. And I just think the Pelicans are uh, a much more talented and deep roster. So I think the Pelicans will win this one pretty easily.
2: You riding with Sean, Isaiah? What's going on?
0: Actually I'm
1: not actually. I'm actually like I actually like the Hornets. I, I think the um, I think they got a chance. Uh obviously Lamalomore, like he said, isn't playing his best game right now, but I think Bridges has been coming on as of late. I think Terry Rosier will eventually find it and you gotta hope that Hayward is gonna eventually show up. You know, you're paying him all this money. You would hope eventually right. he would start to um show up. But I, I did I think that team is really starting to turn the corner. I've seen the last couple of games they've actually been playing better. Like I said, Bridges is starting to, to come alive. Um I believe he wasn't the favorite Bridges to come out in the draft that year, but he's definitely starting to prove his worth on that team. So I'm actually going to go with Hornet, the Hornets on this one.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go right with you, Isaiah. I agree. I think the Hornets will take this one. I think um, facing the his brother will give kind of LaMelo uh, a reason to show out like we know he can. And, you know, they've had some close games. Uh last two games they faced – the 76ers and they lost those games, but uh, they've had close games against Oklahoma city and Cleveland two other young teams trying to trying to find their way in this league. So say if they even win one of those, they're 500. So we're talking about a completely different, a completely different game here. Um, I think, I think the, Oh, excuse me. I just had a brain fart. I think LaMelo will be, will be on his game. I think, hopefully like you said Isaiah Gordon Hayward will start to show up but um i like the i like the hornets in this in this game i think they're hungrier than the pelicans at this point and that's just my opinion <laughs> um so coming up tomorrow night our night game is the nuggets and the mavericks uh mavericks you know that they've been um playing kind of well lately luka doncic had his first triple double of the season uh the other night and then the nuggets have been kind of playing poorly but this is a game against another top top Western Conference opponent for them to kind of right the way. But the matchup I wanted to talk about is the Sixers versus the Nets. And we already talked about the Sixers and how they look. But uh, the Nets are going to be looking quite different for the next four games. Um, Kevin Durant is going to miss the next four games, including this one with the 76ers due to COVID protocols. Uh, apparently, he was pretty close with someone who tested positive um and that brings us to our uh our second topic here should should the star players in this league kind of uh you know be extra extra careful with these covid rules i know there's some like leeway with it like you can go out and stuff like to restaurants but if you were a star player in this league would uh would either you be going out or would you be kind of staying staying isolated to help your squad get to the top especially early on here
1: Oh, that's a hard question to ask. <laughs> that's, a very, uh, that's a very, I think it's a hard question to ask. You, you talk about these professional players, you know, these are, these are grown men, you know, obviously they make most mo- more money than most people make on an average. So, you know, and they like to go out and they like to spend their money, like James Harden, you know, he he's, like, enjoys the strip club and hanging out with rappers. So that's just, you know, some of the things that they're into. So it's hard for them, you know, to tell these players or star players to stay home. For me personally... I think I would stay home personally because I know, I know I committed to opting in and being a good teammate and making sure no one else gets sick because just because, you know, I might get the disease and I might live. I don't know if, you know, if I get disease and pass it to a teammate, if they live, I don't want to be the cause of that. But everyone's going to have their personal reasons for why they would or would not stay in. So I'm I couldn't really tell you a yes or no answer or a right answer for that.
2: Did we lose Sean? Probably. Yeah. I think we lost lost Sean. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's super important for, uh, for these, especially star players like Kevin Durant, um, not only important health wise and keeping everyone around him healthy, but this is like an important part of the season. Your, your first impressions you make in the league, especially for his first time playing and over a, over a full season. Uh, I think he, he needs to, him and other star players across the league. So would you imagine that the hate LeBron would be getting if he broke the COVID rules and um he had to he had to isolate for four straight games? Not only would that be detrimental to the Lakers and their success throughout those four games, he'd be getting tons of criticism from not only fans, but I'd imagine other players as well. Um, mm. Sean, what do you do you think that these players you know should be kind of held to a higher standard here not only the stars but just everyone kind of kind of um keeping tight on these covid regulations
0: yeah i think it's super important um obviously at the end of last year they had the bubble so everyone was in the same place so they kind of were forced to but um i think especially for the superstars in this league they they have to try their best to you know just stay at home um as yeah, as much as they can, you know, just have people go out and get your groceries and other stuff like that because, um, I, I think it's super important that, like you said, to start the season, you don't want to fall behind to uh, a bad record, um, when you can't be there for your team. Like, say, you know, say the Nets go 0 4 for this stretch, uh, it'll be, you know, it'll be huge for the Nets. They'll fall behind, uh, you know, they'll fall behind super quick. And, uh, it's, I think it's really important that the superstar players stay on top of this because it, your team, you know, has to depend on you. They're paying you millions and millions of dollars to, you know, be accountable and, um, you know, to stay stay within the the guidelines and the regulations. So I think that it is super important, and uh, especially for a team like the Nets who, you know, after opening night, they had a, a great win against the Lakers. It looked all great, but you know, like I said, they've lost three out of their last four, and now they're missing their best player for four games. So uh, it's definitely something that you, you got to uh, stay on top of, and I, I think that uh, especially for the superstars that they – I do think that they should be held to a higher standard because uh, it's very important to these teams that, you know, are relying on them to to be there for these games.
2: Right. I think you're right. Um, Zay, did you have something to say?
0: I mean, like I said, it, it's very hard to, to say
1: who's right or wrong. Like I said, we're not in a bubble situation no more. You could get COVID just going to get your groceries, you know, going to get shower with you at this point. But it, it to tell players, to stay home when the rest of the world is out living, it's, I find it very contradicting. I understand the situation that they're in and trying to keep everybody safe. I just, like I said, I don't, I don't know how to really judge this situation right now. As of yet, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think Sean made a good point with the fact that, you know, these guys, unlike everyone else, like you said, they're going out and living their lives and stuff like that the difference between you know us normal people and these athletes is they're getting paid millions of dollars so i think if you're getting paid millions of dollars and you're 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 kind of you're so such an important piece to your team and you're obviously have the the eye of the public on you you're you're famous you know you're you're a superstar you're an nba superstar you should probably be a little more careful with what you do uh and like you said zay you know who knows kevin durant could have just been yeah, right. Jace, our producer says they have to be role models, and that's a hundred percent true. Because what are people gonna think if their governor tells them stay inside, don't go out anywhere, you know, be safe, and and then the, but they see their idol LeBron James and Kevin Durant going out and partying and James <laughs> going to the going to the strip club and hanging out with rappers.
1: Look, no. that's not our job to get political.
2: <laughs> no, right, right. That's but, uh,
1: that's for united we stand. We don't do that here. <laughs> that's. <laughs> This
2: is I, mean, I think the point sean made is is a good one you know they make millions of dollars so the least they could do is be a little more careful <laughs> yeah, definitely. um so we'll get into our second game break of the day here we're gonna get another message here from clover crest media so we'll be right back with another game break ladies and gentlemen this is our main event That's right. Throwing jabs. Catch that Saturday mornings live on Facebook and Twitch. We are live on both of those right now. So shout out to Twitch and Facebook. You know, they're great partners of ours. So hopefully we can continue to do great things with them. Uh, But we'll get into our second game break here. Um, Obviously, we said KD will miss the next four games with COVID. Uh, Another blow for a team that's been performing pretty well in the East. Um, TJ Warren, you know, the bubble superstar last season, uh, out indefinitely, uh, he had to get foot surgery for a foot injury. How big of a blow is is that to this Indiana team?
1: I mean, it's a blow, but I think it's something they can overcome. I mean, obviously losing the budget, Kawhi Leonard, you're going to lose a little bit of offense there, but I think you have enough offense to keep going. And it, it, I don't, I, I don't even know how to put, I don't, uh. I don't want to say it's going to kill them. It's not going to kill them, but I, I think they'll still be able to continue. I don't want to devalue the player. I don't want to like completely rip him to shreds, but I, I don't think he's enough factor being missing for them to completely fall off a cliff.
2: That's true. I, I do think um, they can survive without sure. him. They have a great young player in Sabonis. Uh, They have someone in Oladipo who hasn't looked great since coming back from his injury, but he can still get you a bucket when you need it. You know, he's very clutch. Um, And obviously they have Malcolm Brogdon, someone else who is a very good playmaker and score himself. So I don't I agree with you, Zay. I don't think this is as big of a blow to the Pacers as as some people might think it will will be. Um, And this is another topic we've we've kind of covered here. James Harden. Uh, the executives, some league executives, have come out and said they expect a blockbuster deal to be done soon. Zay, do you say? Do you see this happening anytime soon? And are you uh, are you keeping tabs on how James Harden's playing in uh, Houston right now? Because I've been watching some tape, and he's had some teammates wide open, and he's <laughs> he has neglected them to say the least.
1: Yeah, he's he's been distracted for the most part this season, obviously from continuing to last season into this season. He hasn't been the same person. Obviously, he came into the season overweight, just not ready to play. and He didn't didn't show up to camp on time. He, he's got a lot of issues going on. So I do see a trade going, happening. I feel like you need to get the cancer out of the locker room. I think Wall and I think Cousins are actually playing well together. So I think it's time to move, move on from him at this point and, 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 you know, cut your losses, but make sure you get something back in that package and understand that Harden is still a top player in the league.
2: Yeah, Sean, uh I you know you were just gonna go.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I think Harden's uh I think it's about time that they pull the trigger on this one. Um, but like I said in last episode, they, they have to be smart about uh what they're getting back because he is one of the best offensive players in the league. But uh obviously you can tell some of these players are frustrated uh with the way that James is playing. Um like Zay said, he came in a little overweight and you can tell that he's a little out of shape, so I think the Rockets do have to get moving on this one. Um, I think that, you know, he's just – he's holding back that team right now. And I think it, it's not fair to some of the guys like Christian Wood, who has been playing great, and some of the guys like Wall – or John Wall and Boogie Cousins, you know, who are trying to, you know, get back into the league and uh, have some success. So uh, I think that, you know, Houston, they they definitely got to get moving on this one.
3: I have a question for you, for you Lucas. So sure. What is – where do you see – what's the prim, prime destination – I I know we talked a little bit about it on Saturday. You still with the the Sixers picking him up?
2: So this is where it gets tough. Uh, (laughs) I obviously didn't think that the 76ers were going to be performing this well early on, and I'm not sure if mixing things up right in the middle of a good run is the best idea. I do think for basketball, but like we said earlier in the show, Uh the Sixers need to make a trade for someone who can who can stretch and shoot. And James Harden obviously is one of the best shooters and scorers in this league, but then we're losing the player they're acquiring that player for in Ben Simmons. So it's just a confusing mess right now for me, especially in the in the fan of a 76ers head or in the head of a 76ers fan like myself. Uh I I don't want to lose Ben Simmons. He's playing very good right now, but also the idea of James Harden coming to Philly gets me a little bit excited so i i I honestly don't know i think if maybe things start to go south in philly then we can pull the trade but if if they're thinking this deal will get done soon i don't know i i've heard brooklyn i don't know if brooklyn would work out though they've been struggling so maybe they'll pull the trigger on it uh golden state's another one i've heard but i think If not Philly, the most likely destination for James Harden is Brooklyn. But unfortunately, from an analyst standpoint, I do think Philly is still the top destination for James Harden.
1: You really think Brooklyn? You realize it's a trade. In order for it to be Brooklyn, they'd have to give up assets, which would hurt the team. I honestly felt like that team was better without KD and Durant. But now, you know, obviously they're more talented because those two are two of the great best players in the world. But I think adding Harden there, I think that's way too many people dribbling the ball. It's not enough. There's not enough ball to go around. It's not enough game to be played. I don't think that's the ideal destination for him. And like I said, it's going to cost assets to get Harden. You're not getting him for a couple of scrubs on the bench. You're going to lose key players on your team. I guess. So I I don't see it.
0: Yeah. Um. Like. Yeah. The one that I mentioned uh, on Saturday is the Celtics. But if they really were willing to give up on uh, either Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. Uh, I think that they can make it work. And obviously Tatum and Harden in the, in the same backcourt would be uh, absolutely terrifying for any uh, backcourt. So I think that makes sense. And then uh, the Warriors, like you guys said, um, obviously Wiggins and Dubre have been playing better lately. But if you can add uh, Harden uh, and Steph Curry on the same offense and you, and you throw James Wiseman in there, I, I think that that can be absolutely terrifying as well. So um, I'm, I'm just not sure which teams would want to take on James Harden right now. Um, obviously, it's a huge contract some of the distractions that, that we've seen uh, transpire over the, the first couple of weeks of the season. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, but uh, I I really don't have uh, any favor right now. I, I don't have a, any clue of uh, where he's most likely to end up. So we're going to have to see how it plays out, but it, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, I have a feeling that it's going to be coming soon.
2: And Yeah, you know what? Well, you bring up a good point there, Sean, in um, Harden being a distraction. That I feel like he's not making it easy for other teams to pull the trigger on him. I feel mm-hmm. like he's making it very difficult for them to want to bring in someone like that. I think what he's doing is actually pretty unprofessional. I think he should be, you know, just putting his best foot forward and and playing good basketball and trying to win games here with Houston to show, you know, no matter the the bullcrap that's going on off the court, I'm gonna whenever I step on the court, I mean business. But he's not doing that, and it's kind of hurting his image.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah, so uh, (laughs) that's all I have to say on the James Harden situation. Something I think Zay is going to be looking forward to talking about here in a minute. (laughs) Julius Randle has been playing outstanding basketball. He has the Knicks looking irrelevant again. At this point in the the season, everyone would have expected them to be down in 15th and last place in the East. But, hey, your Knicks are 10 places above 15th. They're in fifth. They're playing good basketball. They're over 500. What have you seen from not only Julius Randle but your Knicks team that, that has made you happy so far this season?
1: Culture shift, and I love it. This team is playing defense. I've, I've in the last, oh, God, 20 years. I haven't seen the Knicks play defense the way they've been playing lately randall has been playing excellent. He's changed his game last year where he used to be a complete ball stopper and he completely shut down the, the offense. But now the ball is moving. It's flowing. Passes are going. They're getting shots up uh, quickly is amazing right now. This this kid is probably the best draft pick we're going to have because we haven't seen um, Obi Toppin. But he's probably the best draft pick we've had in the last four or five years. And I I I really like this kid. Um, But I do think that the problem with Julius Randle is he is an extra power forward, and eventually Obi Toppin will become the main power forward in my eyes for the Knicks. So I do see him eventually leaving. But right now, he's playing great. He has his team in a great position, and I, I couldn't be happier as a Knicks fan.
2: Sean, you got any comments on the Knicks?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. What was the question? I uh, in. Just- just your hey.
2: thoughts on the Knicks so far this year and what Julius Randle's doing to make the Knicks look relevant.
0: Yeah, um, I think uh Coach Tibbs has been huge for them. Uh Tom Thibodeau, I think uh, he plays his be- he plays his best players a bunch of minutes. Uh we've seen that already in RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. They're they're both top three in the league in minutes played. Um but I, I think he brings that toughness and that uh like Isaiah was saying, the the defensive mentality to to the Mecca. And I, I think that the Knicks, uh, they, they do have a chance to, to sneak into this, uh, Eastern conference playoffs. I, I really like the toughness that they play with. Um, RJ Barrett has really stepped up in his second year. Obviously, like you guys said, Julius Randall has been, has come out of nowhere and, and, uh, and, and been a real force in the first, uh, part of this season. And also, you know, you got a, you got a big like Mitchell Robinson, who's a great rim protector. Um, He gives you almost a double, double a night. So they have the pieces there. Uh, I think Tibbs was a great hire for them. Uh, He's a tough minded coach. He's going to bring that defense to the team. I know. So uh, they, they could definitely uh, sneak in the playoffs. The only uh, thing I'm worried about is that usually coach Tibbs teams tend to wear, wear down as the season goes on and into the playoffs, just because he likes to play his uh, star so many minutes. So I think, I think, uh, out of the gate, they've been really good. I, I think that they'll continue to play this way, but I do worry that, uh, they'll, they'll start what to break style? down as the season goes on. This is a perfect situation. He's got no stars. He can't run no one down. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, his stars for the Knicks saying I the stars that he, he has in terms of Knicks players, I would say. Um, yeah, but no, I mean no, the way no. that, the way they're playing right now, they, they've been, they've been really good. At, I think that they have the right group there. Um, obviously they need more talent. Uh, they're, they're devoid of talent, but, uh, the, the toughness and the coaching uh, that Tibbs brings, I, I think, is going to be huge for New York this year.
2: Hey, you know, the Knicks are one of those teams, guys, who who had that extended period of rest. Uh, they didn't have to go down to the bubble. I mean, they, they probably would have liked to, yeah. but they weren't, they weren't good enough to. Um... Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we're definitely seeing that, that extra period of rest and the kind of culture change that Isaiah was talking about has taken full effect here, and they're playing inspiring basketball early on. Uh, Isaiah, I did have a question for you. You were talking about Obi Toppin. Uh, do you think Obi, they should explore poss- the possibility of Toppin running the three and Randall running the four, or do you think that those two wouldn't play well together on the same court?
1: That's uh, it's, it's a tough one for me because realistically, I, I see Barrett actually moving to the three in my eyes. I've always wanted Barrett to move to the three. I want him to step up and be that guy for the Knicks, and I, and I want Toppin at the four. I just think Toppin at the four is great because – he has the outside shot, so he can stretch the defense. But he's also explosive at the rim, so it makes him a monster on both sides. Once he figures out defense, I think it makes him a complete player. And that's why I said I find it hard for a spot for Julius Randall on the team. When you talk about Mitchell Robinson, you talk about Obi Toppin. He Randall's not going to be a player that wants to come off the bench for the next after starting, you know, and leading his team as well as he has so far. Uh, so
2: he's. I was going to say, Jace, you got any thoughts on the Knicks situation? Uh, maybe maybe a possible destination for Julius Randle after he departs from the Knicks like Zay thinks he's going to?
3: I don't know. I, I like it. I, I think in a league right now, I, I know that there are some okay centers, but my man Steve Risser on Sports Talk with r loves to say you can't win a game with your best you, – you can't win a championship with your best team being – with your best player being a center. And, it, I mean, in a league that has a lot of small ball playing, having Randall at the five isn't terrible. I, I like Obi Top, and I think he should be able – I like what you said, Lucas, about flexing him over to the three spot. Um, but I, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of good young assets. Uh, I don't know what the Knicks do. Um, I, I, I expect them to nick it up some way and mess it up. <laughs> but, uh, no, they have a lot of good players, and I, I hope they keep it well, but I, I don't expect it to happen that way.
2: Yeah, so obviously in Nickland there's there's still some things to figure out, but at least for now they're playing some, some good basketball. So so Good things, good things yeah. to figure out. <laughs> it could have been um, worse. <laughs> so speaking of those underdog teams, we'll get right into our final topic of the day here, uh, dark horses in the NBA. Obviously they got your powerhouses in the Lakers and the Clippers in the West. And you know, the the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics in the East. Um, I wanted to know, we'll start with Sean here. Uh is there is there a certain team outside of those those powerful teams, you know, kind of a dark horse here that you think can make a run at a championship? And and why don't you tell us a little bit more on why you think that?
0: Yeah, uh, this is the team that I picked in uh the first uh, episode we did uh, a team that we thought that could make the playoffs, and I didn't want to pick them twice, but I just really thought they're off to a great start. And, and it's the the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think that they have a tremendous offense with a uh, Trey Young, and uh, you know they have some good shooters off the bench, uh, Bogdanovich and uh, Kevin Herder, and they got a, long, a lot of young pieces. You know DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, but they score a lot of points. They got a lot better uh, defensively in the off season, and um, they've been contending every game. They they lost a tough one last night to. Zay's Knicks, but, uh, it was a good game I was watching, but, uh, this team could score with anyone. Uh, and I, I really think that helps their chances to make the playoffs, um, especially in a, a little bit of a weaker Eastern conference. So I, I really like the young talent that this team has, uh, Trey's going to continue to develop. And, uh, I didn't even mention the big men yet either. John Collins has been an absolute star in the first couple of games and Clint Capella, um, was a trade that kind of went under the radar last season, uh, cause Capella, um, missed the part of the season when he got traded to the Hawks. But now that he's been in there for them, uh, I really like what this team has done. So uh, I think that they definitely have a chance to make some noise in the Eastern Conference because, um, like I said, they have an offense that could contend with anyone.
2: Zay, you got one? You got a team that you think uh, is a dark horse to make a deep run in the playoffs?
0: Honestly,
1: they're in last place right now. But I think the Grizzlies, I think if they could find a way to get going and get John Morant back, that team right there could be a team that's scary in the playoffs. So obviously, John Morant alone is one of the most electrifying players in the league. He's one of the he's one of the funnest players to watch. He's, I haven't watched anyone funner in the last couple of years. But I do think if he could come back and they could get going, that team could elevate from last place, probably sneak in a seven, eight, seven, and then make a run in the playoffs against maybe a Suns team or something like that. The Suns, a Clippers team.
2: That's very interesting of you to say. I uh, I didn't even think of the Grizzlies because, you know, they're, they're playing so poorly, but John Morant is out. Um, a team I think, and this is – I'm going to make kind of an exception here. that I'm going to say this team only if they make a move for another offensive talent, and that's the Utah Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell is a very good young player in this league. I think they have a lot of good role players and you know – Bogdanovich, they have Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. They have um, what's his face at uh, the shooting guard? At the shooting guard, the small Jordan Clarkson. There. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. They have down there. So I think <laughs>
1: from the back room. <laughs> yeah, right.
3: So I- I'm a um, Utah Jazz fan, so that was actually my pick. But you stole him. I-, I love the Jazz. I-, I was born in Utah, so I am a Jazz fan. I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is. If not this season, in a couple seasons, an MVP candidate, Rudy Gobert, obvious defensive player of the year candidate. This is a solid team. Uh, if Mike Conley can step up and get back to what he was a little bit in Memphis, he can be that solid three, and this could be a team. But uh, since you stole my Utah Jazz, I'm going to say the Nuggets. Uh, J- the Joker, Nikolai Jokic, is a beast. Uh, so, like a point center, it's weird. And then Jamal Murray, and if we can see uh, Michael Porter take that next step, that I mean, they could be legit. I mean, they got to the Western Conference Finals last year. So I, I think they can make a run for the actual championship.
2: Wow. Well, yeah, the Nuggets are definitely um one of those teams that I thought would have at least reached a Western Conference Finals within the last few years. They're close, but they'll get there one of these days. Um. <laughs> Yeah, right. Anyone... <laughs> so, they, so they said when they had Melo, <laughs> We'll get hey, there one day. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully for you know the league's sake, that won't be another one of these situations. Um anyone else, any of you gentlemen have any closing statements here before we wrap up?
0: Um, Just another team I was going to bring up is the Wizards. Uh, they started off 0-5, but they won the last two, and they, they've they looked good in their wins. So uh, maybe they can turn it around because they definitely got the pieces to do it. And uh, like I said, it's a weaker Eastern Conference. So uh, I'm going to keep my eye on them in the next week to, to see if they can keep this winning streak going.
1: Is it really a weaker Eastern Conference?
2: Uh, it, it like I, I it's think so. Far. so.
0: I don't know. I, I think it's. I think it's gonna gonna play out to be. Obviously, some of these younger teams uh, in the Eastern Conference have started off better, but I, I think as the season goes on, we're we're gonna see some of these better teams start to win. Um, obviously, the, uh, they've they've had the rest. Uh, the teams that didn't go to the bubble are most of the teams that are doing better right now. They've had the rest, but uh, once the other teams catch up, I, I think that, uh, we're gonna see some of the elite teams start to to step out and some of the. Uh, some of the less talented teams are going to start to fall down the list. So uh, we'll see what happens. I could be wrong, but I, I just feel like that's how it's going to go.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, so that will do it for the show today. Uh, thank you to these fine gentlemen here, Jace, uh, Sean, and Zay, for showing up, doing good stuff here on the show. Uh, first show all of us have been together. Sean bumped out a couple times, but it never had a major impact on the show. Uh, so we'll be back Saturday at one o'clock, live on Twitch and Facebook. Check us out. Check out all of Clovercrest's other awesome podcasts. You know, as Joe always says, if you can't find one you like, then start one. <laughs> and that's what we've done <laughs> here. Um, so we'll see you Saturday at one. And for the posting up podcast, uh, Jace, Sean, Zay, and Lucas, we'll catch you on Saturday. Peace. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaway. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app.